0: Of the south blenheim baptist wherever you're from welcome to andrew stone as he comes to share with us this morning Thanks, man. hey it's so nice to be back with you as much as i i guess come as as a guest i enjoy coming back to so many friends and who i consider family pastor shannon and emma have been so close to us for years and seeing this community grow has been one of the greatest privileges i could be a, a part of And so many of you I now know, and we've done some life together and some journeying together. So as I speak this morning, it's a great privilege that I don't just speak as a guest speaker to you, but I want to, I guess, invest in your journey as an individual, but also as a church. And so the seed that we sow this morning, um, I pray, will multiply in your life and that you can see the relevance in every area of your life, as Shannon had said before. Uh, I don't just speak or pastor on the weekends. I also, we have a, a leadership and communications consultancy throughout the week. So we work with corporates and not-for-profits, and I work with universities in Queensland. And what, the, the goal is this, is that the kingdom of heaven would come and take its place here on earth. And whether you're in what you'd call traditional ministry, or you have a spiritual role title, or you're in the marketplace, both are just as kingdom. As each other. And so if you're here, I believe that whether you play predominantly in the marketplace or you pr- play predominantly in the ministry side of things, both are equally important and we're actually called to both. If you're in the marketplace, you're called to ministry. If you're in ministry, you're called to the marketplace. Because that's the royal priesthood, king and priest. 1 Peter 2.9 says that. If I start preaching that, I'm going to go on a whole other tangent of <laughs> sermons. So this morning I want to bring something to you that I believe will just bless your life no matter where you find yourself in the journey. But also, I want to speak into the life of the church, because this is where you planted yourself. So the the, the sermon this morning I want to speak into is called Seed and Soil. Seed and Soil. There's a kingdom principle of seed, things that God gives us come in seed form, not fully formed. They come in seed form. And because I do visit once a year, just based on our itinerary, I, I, can, I can be here once a year. There's a, a mentor of mine, a spiritual granddad, I- and his name is Clark Taylor, and, and I worked with him for years, traveled with him everywhere at one point. He was, th- he led COC, which was the largest church in Australia at one point, point. and Brian Houston just recently even said that he was taught how to live in the spirit by Clark Taylor. So he's my spiritual granddad, we've worked together, traveled together, and just recently, over the last months, few months of 2019, I sat with him and we worked through. Because I was talking uh, in, in my consultancy and, and I- in our business, but I work with a lot of young people in HR and, and leadership. So I, w- I started to say, you know what I was seeing and noticing is that we can be really strategic in our natural strengths, but we're not really aligning and combining our spirituality with it. Because sometimes we live in boxes. When God didn't call us to be close to him, he called us to be one with him. And so I started to navigate this with him and we wrote a series together and I called it Upgrade Your Expectation. And the reason I wanted to say this to you is it's a brand new series that I want to present because I believe it's not just a word for this year, it's a word for this decade. If we know how to live in the convergent zone of spirituality and strategy you will live an abundant life. You will live with an expectation that says, I don't just do things in my own strength and how strategic I am, but I'm led by the Spirit because I'm not close, I'm one. And so this man has helped me, helped me write it. We've worked together forever. And I just wanted to present that to you because if you get this four-part series, and you can order it from the info desk later, if you order this four-part series, it will set you up to live fully spiritually and fully naturally. Because that's what we're designed to live in and by and for. Yeah. I want the next decade to be an upgrade of your expectation. So that's, you can pre-order that at the table at the back. All right, so let's go to seed and soil. This is what I've learned, that seed is designed... I want you to say this. Seeds are designed to die. Seeds are designed to die. But we don't like the idea of it. We like the idea of when God gives us a seed of whether it's a gifting, and I'm not talking just about finance, I'm talking about your gifting is in seed form until you plant it. Your, your time is in seed form. Do you know that volunteers, people who volunteer, this is science, people who volunteer live longer. Why? Because they're seeding their time, therefore God gives them time. And so I wanted to say the sacredness of sacrifice means that whatever you give to God is set apart. You know, you can't sacrifice by accident. I've never thrown something away and went, oops, it must have been a sacrifice. <laughs> Ali and I, we went to the beach not that long ago with our family, and we came back. I'm not really that much of a beach person. I'm the guy that, bo- that, that stays at the hotel near the beach with the pool that overlooks the beach. Yeah. Too much sand. And you know what? I don't mind the beach. I actually like the beach. The problem is, is the work after. (laughs) It's like, oh, where's the shower? Don't put the sand in the car. And then you find sand in places that you didn't even think God created on your body. (laughs) Right? You get the loofer out and and you think, I need to get, it. So, so we went to the beach, and, and so we, we, we took our stuff that was at the beach, and that was clothes, and, and jandals, and flip-flops, and everything, and we put it all in the, in the toys, and we put it in this bag, right? And we were coming back, and we put it in the laundry, ready to be washed, like that was the plan. The problem was, was the laundry at our house is the door we go out to throw the rubbish out, and the bag we put the stuff in looked really similar <laughs> to a garbage bag. So in our rush of life, and that's where we find ourselves often, is somebody threw it in the bin. <laughs> we know it wasn't the kids. So we both turned to each other because my son, was, he was going swimming, and he's like, Dad, where are my slip-ons? Like, where's my swimming stuff? And we're looking around like crazy. I'm like, I'm sure it was in the laundry. I'm sure it was in the laundry. I can't find it. And then Ali and I just looked at each other and went, I didn't do it (laughs) but here's the catch for me because if I say I didn't do it it also means that I wasn't taking out the rubbish which is kind of like one of my jobs at home (laughs) and so men you don't have you ever been in court in a catch-22 and you don't know what to say because whatever you say you lose that's not a sacrifice I didn't say oh lord I accidentally threw that. Take that as a seed of my beach clothes. <laughs> take like take that as a seed. That's not a seed. You don't accidentally throw away seed. You don't accidentally sow your gift. You don't accidentally give of your time, your talent. It's intentional. That's why it's sacred because God doesn't accidentally sacrifice anything. Your seed is sacred because it's an intentional gift. You know that's why it says in Hebrews, we bring a sacrifice of praise. Praise costs you something because you can either talk about your problems or you can praise him in the midst of it. And it costs you. And what does it cost you in? I have to shift my vision. I want to talk about the pain, but I'm going to praise him anyway. That costs you something. There's a sacrifice of praise. Notice it says a sacrifice of praise. And then yet in Psalms, it says that he inhabits the praises, plural, of his people. It means that when we give him one seed of praise, he comes into the harvest of your praises. Seeds were designed to be sacrificed to the process. So let's go on a journey this morning of three junctions of thought. Sacrifice is sacred. Sacrifice is scary. And sacrifice is selfless. Sacrifice is scary. Let's just humanize it for a minute. It's always easy to sow somebody else's seed. If you give me money, I'll sow it. It's easy to sacrifice somebody else's seed. It's scary when it's all you've got. It's scary because it's yours now and and the seed looks good. The seed is gifted, the seed is your time and it's all you've got. And you say I've got to trust God. To, to, to take this seed, it's, it's all I've got. And he's going to put it somewhere and I can't fully see it. I can't fully be in control of what's happening to it. And then, of course, sacrifice is selfless. Very rarely, very rarely do we sacrifice something and get the full benefit back to us. Very rarely. Like we might get some benefits back, but not really all of it. Usually, our sacrifice is because we've got a long-term plan. I'm sacrificing now because the generations need to see that sacrifice. There are are babies to be had in this church that will benefit from your intentional sacrifice of time, of your talent, of your resources, of your words. You know, that that if, if somebody... If you're feeling discouraged, sometimes the seed of encouragement is hard to sow because you're trying to keep it for yourself. It's like, I've had a bad day. I'm not telling anybody to have a good day. You ever read inspirational quotes on social media and thought, how stupid? (laughs) Stupid, that's not what I'm going through. It's just a quote. And the person who usually puts it up is having a great day, trying to encourage everybody else, and you're reading it going, I'm going to punch him in the face when I see him. Because, be, because, and so it's in that process, it's in there, you go, no but I might feel discouraged and if all I've got is one seed of encouragement, can I sow it? Can I sacrifice it? Because if I give of the seed, it then multiplies. Watch this, in John 12, this is Jesus speaking, he says, I, very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed, watch his language, But if it dies, not when it dies, if it dies, it means sacrifices of seeds are optional. If it dies, not when it dies. In Genesis four times, in chapter 1, 8, and twice in chapter 9, it says, be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth. To give you a little bit of context around John 12, Jesus is actually speaking of his sacrifice. Unless one seed falls to the ground, if it dies, if it chooses to sacrifice itself to the process, it cannot reproduce many. We are sitting, we are the many seeds because of Jesus' sacred sacrifice. If it dies, But if it doesn't die, if your seed doesn't die, if your encouragement seed, if your time seed, if your career seed, if if all you have is a seed and you're not willing to let it go because you don't want to see it go out of your control, you don't want to see it go into a place where you don't know exactly what's going to happen, it will only ever be one single seed. You can brag about your one gifting, you can brag about your one career, you can brag about your one seed, but we were designed to multiply, not just be fruitful. Because being fruitful, multiplying, and filling the earth has order to it. Let's not even talk about filling the earth. Let's just talk about the process between being fruitful and multiplying. You know that I am fruitful sometimes based on other people's lives. So my parents were good people. There's older people in my life that have mentored me. I live in the benefits of some of their fruitfulness. I'm fruitful because of them. But I will only ever be able to multiply if I actually sow seed from me. I can't multiply on someone else's fruitfulness. I can live in it, but I can't multiply from it. Fruitful, and you don't need to worry, I'm not really that much of a fruit fan, so I'm not going to eat this in front of you, nor am I teaching on Adam and Eve. (laughs) But fruitfulness is this. Fruitfulness, it's shiny and it's nice. You can hold it clean, there's no mess. You know that seedless watermelon cost more because they're cleaner to eat, but they have no reproduction value. You know, sometimes if all we want to do is live clean, if we don't want to live with adventure, if we if if we want to and, and to use, you know, Shannon's terminology of going off the map, if all you want to do is do everything you've ever known before, you'll only ever remain as a single seed. Because it's controllable. You're just re gifting it over and over and over again. That's the beauty of. The processes of God. That he says, take what you know, put it in my unknown, and watch what happens. So he says, be fruitful. Amen. Be fruitful. But you can't multiply. And see, that's the thing. That's the problem. We like being fruitful. But the multiplication part is the painful part. Because we've got to take that which looks good, we can brag about, we've got it under control, fits in my hand neatly. But unless I break this, I can't get the seeds inside. I can't can't get the seeds inside, and and, and then I've got to take those seeds, and I've got to put it in a dark place, soil. I've got to put it in a place that I now don't control it anymore, what happens. But if I trust the process in the God design in the seed, if I trust the process in your gifting in the seed, if I trust the process on your finances in seed form and I place it in good soil, God's got a process that will expand and take your seed into many seeds. Well, we have to break our fruitfulness. We don't like breaking our fruitfulness. We don't mind talking about other people's fruitfulness, but we don't want to break ours. What, what, what fruitfulness do you have in your life? Maybe you're really gifted at art. And God's saying, c- "Can you teach the community how to paint?" But God, I, it's my gift. Come I come from a family that all the aunties they won't say it out loud. I'll say it out loud because they're probably never going to hear this recording. <laughs> is, 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 is when we were young, they'd all compete on who had the best food at the family gatherings. That's just what happens, and then so you don't offend anyone, you have to eat everybody's food. But, but then they'd go funny like, oh, do you want my recipe? And then they wouldn't tell you different people's recipes. People are funny about recipes because it's like a family recipe. But what if that's the seed for your family? Like it's little, it's not every, it, it, it seeds are in every area of our life. What if God's saying, I want you to seed your gifting into this community and you go, yeah, but it's mine. What if other people get, end up doing it better than me? Come on. Oh. I'm a, I'm going to lead a department, but I don't want to open it up too much because if I teach people how to do things like me, what if they're better? Can you break your fruitfulness for the benefit of many? C- can you can can you break that which God created to be multiplied, so that it doesn't just remain a single seed? You know, I pray this over my kids all the time is one day, and, and Isaiah, my son, quite often before I pray for him at night, he's like, Dad, you always pray that one day I'll be better than you. How do you think I'll be better than you? And I whisper to him, I go, in every single way. i got to break the seed. i got to break the fruitfulness so that I can plant the seed. Fruitfulness is pretty. Fruitfulness is pretty. Multiplication is purposeful. Let's break Pretty. Our community doesn't need pretty. They need multiplication. That's right. the, the kingdom of heaven doesn't need pretty. It doesn't need just gifted people. It needs people that are willing to multiply the kingdom of heaven around their life. So sacrifice is sacred. It's intentional. It's a God design. Why is that? In Genesis 3, 15, this is God speaking to the serpent and cur- cursing him. And I'll put enmity between, open hostility between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed, he will crush your head and you shall only strike his heel. In essence saying that, capital S for seed, that's Jesus. In essence saying, God in his redemptive plan for the planet said, I'm going to sow a seed. Like, biggest redemptive plan in all of history, God goes, I'm not going to send him down with a J on his cape. (laughs) Fully formed. God even trusts the seed process. So, if God trusts the seed process, how much more should we? He tried, like, think about think about the trust God had. So when we talk about the, the Christmas story, we're not just talking about, oh, God going, oh, there's Mary. Uh, uh, this is the God that can create something out of nothing. And he didn't randomly pick oh, this woman will do. The Bible says in 2 in, in Chronicles that he looks to and fro over the earth, looking for hearts that are loyal to him. So he not only trusts the seed process. He's intentional about the soil it's going into because Mary was the right womb. Mary was the right soil. I can take you, know that there, there, there's pumpkin seeds in the world that cost $1,600. But that, that, that value of seed is not just found in the seed because I can walk around and go, my seed's worth $1,600, my gifting is worth this, my career is worth this, my time is worth this. I can show it. But until it goes into the right soil... It has no reproduction value. If you put your seed in the right soil, intentional soil, good soil, God didn't just go, oh, that woman will do. His eyes look to and fro to find one, one womb or one soil to say, I'm going to sow my seed into that. I'm going to sow my seed into her. Because when God sows seed, it's sacred. It's this anointed seed. So when we, we have anointed seeds in our life right now, the question is, is where are we sowing it? Because if we can sow seed and anointed seed, what's your Jesus seed in your life? Because if we sow the Jesus seed, if we sow the anointed seed, it'll crush the enemy's head. That's all we need. Sometimes all we need is a Jesus seed. And when we sow that seed, and I'm talking to dads, I'm talking to families, Listen, when the enemy comes against your family, that's all you need is an un- one anointed seed, and you sow that seed, and you can crush the enemy's head. And, and, and I like it. It, it, this, it says there that he might strike your heel. Listen, sacrifice can be painful sometimes. Sacrifice costs something. It might be, but I don't really, it's all I've got. I don't want to give it, and it's a little bit painful. I don't want the process. But if we give ourselves and our seed to the process, whatever that seed might be, it crushes the enemy's head. What seed do we need to sow? What seed do we need to give up? Like you might not feel like speaking, wait, let, let me put it this way. If there is a lie that has come against your household, you have to carry the seed of truth. And you might not want to sow that seed of truth because it's yours. And it's like, this has been my prayer. This has been my word. But all it takes is one seed of God's word to crush the enemy's head over your family's life. That's all it takes. It's not just your word. It's not just your prophetic word. It's not just, oh, this keeps me safe. I'm going to share it. I'm going to multiply it into my environment because I'm going to put it in the soil God created for it. And I'm going to look for the right spaces to do so. Mums, dads. Your kid's are great soil to put anointed seed into. Speak encouragement. Speak the word. Pray over them multiple times. Tell them you love them all the time. It doesn't matter whether someone told you you love them or not. Force yourself. Put it in your diary. Put it in an alarm. Tell my kids I love them. In the story of the prodigal son, which I'm going to speak on tonight, a different view of it, the dad runs towards his son. This is a picture of The father. He runs toward his son, puts his arms around him, and kisses him like crazy. Like one of those, <laughs> I'm going to break your cheeks kind of kisses. <laughs> i like, no, 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 we're men. That's what the father does to his children. Let's break all that bravado rubbish. If you've got to break that seed of bravado, that separation of, of, of emotion, Sow the seed in the right place and you'll crush the enemy's head. What's that seed of prayer? What's that seed of finance? Because that seed has the potential and the power. God put all of his enemy crushing power in a seed, not just in its full form. So what seed do we have to sow to crush the enemy's head? So observations of this. A seed was designed to be sown and sacrificed. A seed sown puts your breakthrough in motion, and a seed sown has power to crush the enemy. If I were to take a seed and put it in soil, and if the, soil, if the seed could speak to me, and I put the seed in the soil, the seed would be going, why are you doing this to me? It's dark, and it's weird, and it's smelly. The seed goes, I, I don't know if I want to be in here. But we have to be able to say, Yeah, but you won't multiply unless you go into this place, the unknown. That's why sacrifice is scary. Now, let me just National Geographic you for a minute. There is a term called neoteny. Now, the term neoteny simply means, or the best example of neoteny is why emus and ostriches can't fly. I'm glad they can't fly can you imagine an emu and ostrich over your head? Can you imagine what kind of damage it would do to your car? <laughs> You're just hoping that they hadn't eaten a lot before they flew over you. I mean, it would just give you back pain or something, you know. So emus and ostriches can't fly. And the reason they can't is because... The rest of their body grows, but their wings stop growing at their juvenile stage. Which means you have an adult body with juvenile traits. Neoteny. N-E-O-T-E-N-Y. So that there are areas in our life that we can be fully grown as an adult... But the things that stop us from soaring and flying are actually our juvenile traits. It goes really quiet every time I say juvenile traits. Juvenile isn't about age, it's about mindset. Juvenile says, no, I don't want to sacrifice. I don't, why would I sacrifice? I was a youth pastor for a long time. Nobody likes to sacrifice. I don't want to sacrifice. What do you mean I've got to give something up? and then wait to see it come through. No, I don't want that. I want microwave microwave popcorn kind of blessings. But juvenile traits isn't about age. It's about mindset. And our juvenile mindset will say, I want to be in control of everything I have, and I don't want to sow. I don't want to invest. I want the blessing of it, but I don't want to put the seed in the soil. So let's move on from ostriches and emus to butterflies. That a caterpillar chooses to sow itself into the soil of the cocoon. When it comes to the end of its juvenile stage, it sacrifices or digests itself to the chrysalis. In essence, a caterpillar is just being a caterpillar one day, and then it says, I'm sick of being like this. I'm tired of living this one-dimensional life. I'm tired of just living and eating leaves. And crawling in the dirt. There's something more in me, and I need to sacrifice myself to the process. And if you read articles and blogs and National Geographic, you will realize this. It actually says the caterpillar comes to the end of its juvenile self and says, I've come to the end of my juvenile self, and therefore I have to sacrifice myself to the God process. It digests itself, and it says that it becomes like a protein goop. I promise you, there are days and times and eras of your life where you will sacrifice and feel just like a protein goop. (laughs) And it goes into this chrysalis, and it's dark, and it's unknown, but it's natural. And I love this part. It's releasing the potential that was inbuilt in its design from the beginning. I'm going to teach you something, uh, a a terminology that will impress all your friends at your next dinner party. Everybody say imaginal. Imaginal. Discs. Okay, let's say that again. Imaginal. Imaginal. Discs. Discs. Okay. So these imaginal discs are the parts of the butterfly that are given and put in the caterpillar's body from birth. Okay. In the caterpillar the whole time there are parts of the butterfly until it's awakened in the chrysalis. So that caterpillar is caught on the ground eating leaves in its juvenile state, and it's carrying the butterfly in it the whole time until it's awakened because it comes to the end of its juvenile state. If God took that much care of a butterfly, how much more for people and children that are made in His image, if the blimmin' caterpillar has imaginal discs in it, <laughs> how much more will adult children of God, have imaginal discs of God yeah. in it? Yeah. Yeah. We just have to come to the end of our juvenile self and sacrifice ourselves to come the on. process. And it's only awakened in the place where we sow the seed that looks dark and it's smelly and it's weird, but we have to take the seed, come to the end of ourselves, and sow ourselves into the process to awaken that which God put in us from the very beginning. In 1 Corinthians 15, it says, What you sow does not come to life unless it dies. When you sow, you do not plant the body that will be. The caterpillar doesn't sow itself and go, When I come out of this, I'm going to be a caterpillar on steroids. I'm just going to have more muscles, a little bit more hair. No, no, no. When the caterpillar sows itself, it says, I'm expecting something different. I'm expecting transformation. When you sow a seed, you don't just go, well, I guess I'm just going to get something back. That's why the master in the parable of the talents, when he gets to the guy that put it in the soil. Now, watch this. Talents' money actually doesn't multiply in soil. It multiplies in investment. So, what he was saying to the guy who actually did something quite safe, because back then, if you wanted to keep money safe, you dug it and you, you hid it in the ground. He goes, You put it in the wrong soil. Like, I'm going to go give it to the guy that knows how to reproduce, I'm going to give it to the person that knows how to multiply. That's why later you see Paul going, He gives seed to the sower. If you want more seed, you have to of anything. You want to you multiply your gifting? Sow it. You want to multiply your time? Sow it. You want to multiply your finances? Sow it. You want to multiply encouragement in your life? Sow it. Do you have to feel like it all the time? No. Sometimes it'll be painful, but it's not accidental. It's always intentional because it's a sacrifice and it's yep. sacred. So he says, Paul writes in 1 Corinthians, you don't plant the body that will be, but just a seed, perhaps of weed or of something else but god gives it a body as he has determined i love this god gives it a body that will exceed and go beyond anything that we could expect notice though that god gives your seed a body he doesn't do it without anything in the ground so if for god to give something a body for god to transform something he needs a seed And he'll determine it. I'm glad because all I think is if a caterpillar goes in, he just comes out as a better caterpillar, an upgraded caterpillar. That's why Paul writes, even in salvation, you're a new creation. You're not just upgraded. You're not just cleaned up a little bit. You're completely transformed because you came to the end of your juvenile self. You're willing to let go of the things that once you thought you had complete control of. You broke your fruitfulness in order to sow the seed, and then God can give it a body that He determines so then it comes out, and have you ever been in a space of your life, you're like, I've sowed the seed, I've sacrificed, and you can feel it, your imaginal discs are awakened, you're all ready to live and fly and be the butterfly that you're called to be, and then you're ready to break out, you've been in the dark place, you're ready to break out, and you're just, you're waiting, and you see that crack of light, and you're like, I'm ready, and when I bust out, I'm going to be on another level, and I'm going to be just soaring, and, and I won't even remember, you know, when, 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 when you're transformed by a caterpillar, maybe your caterpillar buddies. Turned to you and said, what are you doing? Don't come to your... You know, juvenile people like to congregate and settle for mediocrity because they all like the status quo. It sounds like we've always done it like that. Sounds like, well, that's just a bit too much, don't you think? (laughs) If you have the God that owns the cattle on a thousand hills, that speaks universes just by a word, wouldn't you like to think that you're in agreement with big thinking rather than I'm just a caterpillar, I'm good with leaves and dirt, So the caterpillars might have told you, what are you doing? Why are you going through the process? Why are you sowing that which looks good? Why, what are you doing? Why, why are you giving more time to those people that don't deserve it? Why are you doing that? And you're going, because it's a seed. And unless I can sow it, it will not multiply. Yep. But you're ready to break out. And you break out. And you've got wings. Your imaginal discs have been awakened. And as you come out of the chrysalis and you're ready to sow, you just hang there. It comes out of its chrysalis and it hangs there for nearly four hours. It's the most vulnerable the butterfly will be. The most, like if you've ever wanted to get eaten by a bird or a spider, now's the time. (laughs) And it says this, that it's waiting for the blood to fill its wings. It comes out, it hangs there, lifeless and dead. And I'm sure all your caterpillar buddies are looking up going, see, I told them not to do that. (laughs) They look dead. They're dead. See, I told them that, and we're not going to do that because they're stupid and dead. <laughs> they went through that process. They thought they were better. See, they thought they were better than us. They want to be transformed and all that other stuff. They're hanging their lifeless. But see, you're not dead. You just look dead. <laughs> but you can still hear them. And you're thinking, I can just imagine if butterflies could talk. If butterflies were hanging there and they could hear those caterpillar buddies, they'd be going, when I get my wings and this blood fills away, I'm going to come down there and I'm just going to. But the butterfly, following with the analogy, waits for the blood. See, our gifting and our transformation and our new level of vision and our exploration and everything that God has for us in our multiplied state still needs the blood. It can't fly, and if it flew prematurely, it wouldn't fly where it's meant to. It would fall to the ground. And so it waits for the blood. And sometimes in our most vulnerable state, you can be blessed and broken at the same time. You can be blessed and betrayed at the same time. You can be blessed and have big bills at the same right. time. And in, you know that sometimes the most vulnerable place for a business or an organization to be is actually in growth. Because now you're vulnerable. You're hitting a new level, but you've never been there before. Wait for the blood. The blood of Jesus, the finished work of, and the revelation of his resurrection. That, that blood is our life force, that we live and move and have our being in him. And so my new level of multiplication needs the blood. It's not in my own strength. It's not my gifting. It's his blood that gives me the power to do all that I'm called to do. So, the finished work of Jesus and the power of his resurrection that allows me to soar. And here's the deal. When you're soaring and you're flying with this new butterfly, imaginal discs awaken. You're not even concerned with what caterpillars are saying because God's shown you something new. Don't bother yourself with status quo talk because the blood has filled your wings. Sometimes all we have to do is wait for the blood. Don't, Don't leap prematurely. Just wait for the blood. And what does that mean? It means I wait for a revelation that I cannot do this in my own strength. You want to take the city? You want to start stuff? You want to bring the community in? You want to go and explore parts of the map that have never been there? You need to wait for the blood. You need the blood of Jesus. Because if you do it in your own strength, you'll have to maintain it. Just wait for the blood to fill your wings. You might feel vulnerable for a moment. Just wait for the blood. Because here's the deal. His blood is working behind the scenes for you. you got a problem. you got a circumstance. You feel blessed and broken at the same time. Trust me, his blood's working behind the scenes. Just wait for him to fill your wings. And finally, sacrifice is selfless. Sacrifice is always about, and predominantly about, having vision for the future. You know, for a butterfly, this is what I didn't know. You know, caterpillars don't make other caterpillars. Caterpillars can't reproduce. Unless it dies to the process becomes a butterfly, butterflies find mates and lay eggs, not the caterpillar. So in order for us to reproduce and multiply, we need to go through the God process of coming to the end of our juvenile self, sow the seed that God has given us, and he will say, if you want it, you can keep it as a single seed, but it will not multiply until you sow it. Where? Into a place that you can't control it anymore. Into a place where you don't determine what the end result of the body of it looks like. God does. You're not just going to get a better caterpillar, you're going to get a butterfly with your seed. Romans 12, 1-2, it says, I appeal to you therefore, brethren, and beg of you in view of all the mercies of God to make a decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting all your members and faculties as a living sacrifice. That means intentionally say, God, everything I have, every seed in my life. Like, even just think biologically. The only human beings that were never created by the biological system were Adam and Eve, right? But everybody else came from a seed. Like, everybody, including Jesus. Living, sacrifice, holy and well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable, rational, intelligent. Notice, it's not just a feeling. Oh, I have this emotional thing of a seed. No, I'm going to be intelligent and plant my seed of gifting, time, finance. Do not be conformed to this world, this age, which doesn't like to see that sacrificial process, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind or the renewal of your mind. You know, we quote Romans 12 too, all the time, especially in strategic meetings. We're like, we're just renewing our mind and amen to that. But notice the first verse, transformation comes after sacrifice. leads me to say the place of your transformation is not your destination aren't you glad that the chrysalis is not where you stay it's just where you're awakened aren't you glad that you finish school and don't have to go back aren't you glad that there are processes that you go through in your life when I sow that seed if we were to split that apple open and we would to put that seed in the ground for a season it's dark and it's unknown but it's not its destination. The chrysalis isn't where the butterfly stays and lives forever. It soars out of it, but we need to at least sow ourselves to the process and trust that the place of our transformation is not our destination. So here's some final reflections. Seeds were designed to be sacrificed, so are you intentionally looking for good soil to multiply the the God factor in your life, gifting, time, resources, words, relationships? Number two, where do you feel stuck like a caterpillar? And you know God wants to awaken your imaginal discs, your true God purpose? Number three, can you identify the different areas of your life where you're a caterpillar, a cocoon, a vulnerable butterfly, a soaring butterfly? So if I looked holistically at your life, it would look like part of my life I saw like a butterfly. And maybe another part, I'm still a crawling caterpillar. The caterpillar's not evil, it's just juvenile. It's not like God goes, I hate the caterpillar, I love the butterfly. Without the caterpillar, there is no butterfly. But there are seasons where he says, you've got to come to the end of yourself. He doesn't hate the seed. And when we talk about seed dying, this is not fatalistic, like, oh, it's dying. No, it's saying it's dying because it's coming to the end of one era, but awakening something brand new. Death in the kingdom is not the end of the story. It never is. Death doesn't have the final word. Resurrection always does. Yep. Yep. But if we were to look in our lives, and maybe there's family, and maybe there's career, and maybe there's, there's ministry, are there areas, or maybe gifting or finance, whatever it is, are there areas you can identify and go, I'm soaring in that area, I'm vulnerable in that one, because I feel a bit blessed and broken at the same time. That one, I'm in the cocoon, I'm in the dark place, I'm in the process, and in other areas, I'm just a straight up caterpillar. And number four, sacrifice is saying to God, I trust you. Sacrifice is, God, I trust you. Simple as that. It's the faith journey. Saying I have a seed. I don't control the body that it gets once I sow it. But I don't want to be pretty. I want to be purposeful. (laughs) And I'll take that which you've given me in my fruitfulness. I'm happy to break it sow a seed because seeds are designed to be sacrificed. And so between the journey of seed and soil is the intentionality and faith journey of sacrifice. I hope and pray that you can look at the seeds that God has given you, the anointed seeds that can crush the enemy's head if they're multiplied, and say, God, this year, this decade, I want it to be a year of harvest. I want it to be a year of me coming to the end of my juvenile self so I can soar in everything that you have for me as your blood fills my wings. Why don't you stand up and let me pray for you? Why don't you close your eyes, and if you feel inclined to, you can raise your hands or whatever you feel as a posture of of receiving or or sacrifice. I I just want to pray for you and, and bless you to know that God has given you seed. If he gave butterflies imaginal discs, how much more would he have given you? So, Father, right now, I just thank you for every person and family represented in this room. I thank you, God, that the seeds that have been given in their life, that they are anointed to crush the enemy's head. That, God, even you trust the seed process so that we can live by your example as well. That one anointed seed in our family can crush the enemy's head. If we've been told that we can never be prosperous, that poverty mentality can be crushed under one anointed seed. That sickness in our life and in our family can be crushed by that anointed seed of healing. That promise from the word that we will have a hope and a future. Father, right now, we thank you for the seeds you've given us. May you give us the wisdom to know which soil to put it in and give us the resilience and faith to trust the sacrificial process. We don't sacrifice by accident. We sacrifice on purpose. We sacrifice intentionally because the seeds in our life are designed to multiply. They are designed to be many seeds and multiply the kingdom of heaven in every area of our life. God, I'm grateful for you. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that, Jesus, you were the first fruit seed that then multiplied the Holy Spirit on planet Earth. We could not have been filled with the Holy Spirit if it wasn't for Jesus' seed at Calvary. So, Father, we thank you for that. We honor that you live by seed and soil and multiplication. In Jesus' name I pray, give us a fresh revelation of this. Amen and amen. Hey, thank you guys so much for having me.